0: To FEPS Talks, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies. Find out more about us on feps-europe.eu. This is FEPS Talks, um, the podcast series of the Foundation for European Progressive Studies from Brussels. And uh, my name is Lars Lander. I'm the Secretary General of FEPS. And today I have the pleasure to speak with Elisabetta Gualmini, uh, who is a member of the European Parliament. And in the parliament, she is a member of two very important committees, one on budgets and the other one on employment and social affairs. And I would also like to add that uh, originally she is a professor of political science at the University of uh, Bologna. Uh, Ms. Galmini, welcome to uh, this program. And Thank you. Uh, since you are um, a member of the budget committee, I would like to inquire about your views and feelings about the European Union budget, the multiannual financial framework, because we were all happy in the summer, in July, that the European Council, after about 100 hours, concluded with uh, uh, something that is really innovative and should help with the short-term recovery and the long-term structural improvements in the European Union. But now it seems to be stuck in the Parliament. The Parliament is not necessarily happy with all aspects. So I would need to know from you, what do you think about the chances of this MFF to be approved soon? Yeah,
1: well, of course, I do hope that the next uh, multi-annual financial framework uh, will be approved as soon as possible, because we are absolutely aware as members of the European Parliament uh, of the importance of the budget of the European Union, especially in this uh, profound economic crisis which is uh, consequent to the pandemics. The volume of uh, the MFF uh, is pretty important because uh, we are talking about 1,100 billion euros, so 1.07 of the GNI of the whole Europe. So it is a a pretty satisfying uh, figure. And uh, actually, uh, the the argument is a little bit more complex because... uh, in the parliament we have asked first of all that the approval of the mff is strictly connected to the revision of the chapter on the own resources and so Uh, We are now fighting because uh, the revision of the own resources uh, uh, can be implemented and uh, approved by the Council uh, in a very short period of time. And this new reform of the own resources is incredibly important and it is useful to explain to the citizens uh, what uh, we are talking about uh, because all the resources are uh, the revenues that uh, come uh, directly to the European Union, that uh, they are collected directly by the European Union uh, without going to the states, to the member states. Uh, and asking them national transfers and national taxes. So now we have a sort of an imbalance in the European budget that is the most of the financial resources come from the member states. So from national contributions, and we want to invert this logic and we want to for instance tax big huge multinationals that somehow profit from the belongings to the european economic market without giving you know almost anything in return we would like to introduce a digital tax because the multinationals of the web have increased in an exponential way their profits. And so we have asked the council to you know, decide a very legally binding calendar on the introduction of brand new or the resources And we are talking, of course, of the plastic tax, of the emission trading systems, the digital tax, the carbon tax, the financial transaction tax, and also the company-based tax. So actually, we do not want to put our hands in the pockets of the citizens in a period of deep economic crisis. We want to make big companies and huge multinationals to pay, or we want to make polluting companies to pay. So the targets are always a fair market and the Green New Deal somehow.
0: Yes, but politically speaking, does it not require a revolution? to get these rights of the European Union?
1: No, I, don't, I mean, yes, it, it's going to be a little bit of a revolution, but I think that some steps forward have been made because if you look at our report, the report approved by the parliament last September, really these new own resources are actually uh, named and introduced with specific deadlines, temporal deadlines. And now we are working on an interinstitutional agreement with the commission and the council uh, where, uh, for instance, uh, the, the plastic tax and the AETS are going to be introduced. So in a gradual way, we have to arrive to the result also because we have to understand that uh, by introducing new own resourcing and by increasing the levels, you know, uh, and the amounts of uh, the revenues collected by the resources, we can finance uh, the next generation EU. And everyone I think in the parliament wants to uh, have a good next generation EU to be implemented as soon as possible. So there is, a, of course, a problem of time because the revision of own resources has to be ratified by national parliaments. And so we have to, you know, to run and to go quickly. Uh, but uh, on the other way, national states and national leaders perfectly know that without the revision of all resources, we cannot go on with the recovery plan and the next generation EU. So it is a very complex dilemma, but we have to get
0: a good result. Uh, Before we go to the recovery instrument, because I will definitely uh, like to hear your opinion about that. Um, uh, One question about the past: because in the previous MFF, there was an attempt to get the FTT, financial transaction tax, into uh, the system as one of the own resources. Why do you think uh, the financial transaction tax did not work out, if you can explain in a nutshell?
1: Because it is a complex mechanism, also because we need to design a specific mechanism, you know. Also about the percentages that will be collected at the European level, but also maybe because, from a political point of view, we were not prepared. I think also as S&D group to push on this kind of tax. Now we have specific data. So we have a statistical data which show in a very clear way that the introduction of the FTT would help us to arise almost 50, you know, more than 50 billion euros per year. And so this would be a huge result. Whereas some other kind of uh, Uh, you know, revenues like the digital tax or the plastic tax, also the carbon adjustment mechanisms uh, are not so powerful in the, uh, you know, uh, so are not so economically strong. And so we need a very huge amount of resources in order to respond to the very concrete, uh, you know, needs of our citizens. I think that now there is, you know, a growing awareness within the parliament. But also, maybe we hope within the council that the FTT is the the stronger kind of instrument that we have to introduce.
0: One thing about the previous MFF proposal, because in reality, we have seen the COVID crisis making a big impact on how the European Union thinks about financing itself. The previous proposal, which still the Juncker Commission submitted, already wanted to get rid of uh, the rebates. And this has been one of, uh, of the critical aspects um, and I think a disappointment for many of us that in uh, the so-called summer compromise, it, it didn't succeed. What is your comment?
1: Yeah, I'm very much disappointed <laughs> because actually, uh, for instance, the position of the Socialists and Democrats was absolutely very clear, so we do not want any more rebates Uh, Because they they also, especially after the Brexit, so, you know, after the the exit of the United Kingdom and so, and also for the northern countries, uh, rebates uh, have really no more any kind of sense because they were introduced uh, in 1984 when uh, the things and the society and economic uh, Uh, you know, community of Europe uh, was uh, completely different. Uh, The agricultural policy had a different weight and also the level of development of the countries involved uh, was uh, very much different. So now it is not acceptable that, uh, you know, the Netherlands uh, or Austria uh, or whatever uh, profit of this kind of uh, discounts, but unfortunately, even though we keep on asking for the abolition of rebates or at least a gradual phasing out, uh, we have to say that we are not so positive on that because the council was pretty clear at the end of the, the summer. And this was a sort of an instrument to get a compromise for, uh, you know, in order to get the recovery fund. So, unfortunately, politics is always about the compromises. So, the important thing is to at least have a good recovery fund uh, at the end of the day.
0: Absolutely. And um, at the beginning, um, I mentioned innovation. And um, I wanted to praise the the budget before us, but in reality, the innovation is not in the MFF itself, but the so-called next generation EU, which should be the powerful tool for the recovery. And this is the instrument which introduces the concept of financing EU spending from borrowing. And the repayment of this borrowing is pushed uh, until 2058, if if I'm not mistaken. Which means that uh, the EU has um, uh, still some time to invent um, new forms of uh, own resources, EU level revenues. But relatively soon, there has to be clarity about uh, how these loans would be repaid. How should we look at this problem? And uh, in a way, the urgency of finding a solution.
1: Yeah. Well, actually, it, let us say as a premise that that situation is who is. Uh, a political revolution. So I think that uh, uh, the response that the European institutions were able to give in these uh, pandemics uh, were absolutely revolutionary. Also because if you consider the uh, 2008 crisis, so the financial crisis coming from the United States uh, 12 years ago, the first response of the European Union was four years later. So in 2012, with the European, uh, you know, uh, stability mechanism, uh, also a very discussed uh, instrument and whatever. Now, uh, the European institutions were able to respond in three months, so (laughs) let us, uh, and also by innovating, forced innovation, the issue of the common debt. So, uh, you know, we, for instance, in Italy, we. Uh, we spend the last decades uh, in talking about the eurobonds uh, and the European common debt and whatever the socialisation of debts, and it, it seems as a dream a sort of utopia, but now there is a big step towards that and also the idea that Europe can be really a political union of communities and destinies and that solidarity is no more a fake news. Actually, there is another important innovation, a revolutionary one. So Next Generation EU does not talk only about loans, but also about direct contributions Uh, for the first time. So countries, for instance, Italy, will get uh, 209 billion euros, uh, but 82 of them, 82 billion euros, will be uh, really under the forms of uh, subsidies, uh, subventions, uh, direct contributions. And this is really the first time in the European history that uh, such a thing happened. As for loans, uh, of course, uh, there is uh, a very long uh, lapse of time in which uh, countries have to give back this money. Of course, uh, we have the problem of uh, uh, not uh, covering the the next generations with huge uh, European and national debts, and so we have to be very responsible on that but I think that the whole framework and the whole mechanism with very low uh, interest rates and a very long time of restitutions, if this helps to the, the economy to restart in a very dynamic and strong way, uh, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the sum will be a positive one. So, There is another little problem, which is the one of the, you know, concerning the rule of law. I don't know if I can mention it, but uh, it is also a very important battle for now in
0: the parliament. Absolutely. I think it's a very important aspect to speak about the rule of law, because in a way, conditionalities should ensure that the money is spent on uh, what is on the purpose, on the mission what is supposed to be served by the European Union uh, resources and without conditionalities, whether it's a, some professional or sectoral issue or the rule of law, which is very general and should be horizontal, they would need to serve uh, this purpose. Yes. To hold back the discussion.
1: Yes, absolutely. So we have asked, uh, actually, the parliament, we were, uh, uh, there was a very strong uh, uh, position by the parliament uh, and uh, also, tra- cross-cutting uh, political groups, uh, that we cannot uh, deliver you know, money from the recovery fund uh, and also from the MFF uh, in uh, countries, uh, two countries which do not respect uh, the rule of law, that is uh, civil rights, uh, democracy, pluralism. And uh, of course, uh, we are referring not only to Hungary and Poland, but also we have a problem with Bulgaria, With the Czech Republic, uh, and uh, we cannot accept, uh, you know, that fundamental rights uh, are uh, jeopardized. And uh, uh, for instance, uh, you have to consider that uh, between uh, 2013 and uh, 2020, Hungary got uh, from the European Union more than uh, 47 billion euros, which is one third of its uh, GNI, (laughs) and uh, Poland uh, received. 207 billion euros. So uh, is it uh, a good way, good strategy? I mean, uh, the European Union is not a cash machine, a neutral institution which uh, delivers money beyond uh, any kind of rules. So so now there is uh, the German proposal. So there is a compromise which has been proposed uh, uh, within the Council, and uh, we, we it is a first step. We, we actually we wanted a higher level of ambition, but it is a first step. And basically, uh, it is uh, it is stated that uh, the, the money and so finances and the recovery fund can be uh, distributed and transferred to countries, but if these countries. Uh, do not jeopardize the economic interests and the financial interests of the European Union. So it is a, a more restrictive definition of the rural law, but is a, a step forward. So now we are also discussing this issue, which is very important for the parliament, but we have to, to keep in mind that we also have a problem of time. So we have to arrive to the end of the negotiations in order to really give
0: citizens uh, the the money and the help they need. Yes, Uh, as a a final question, um, I would like to take advantage of the fact that you are also a member of the Employment Committee and um, a certain part of the EU budget is linked to investment in human capital and job creation. Uh, Do you pay special attention uh, to this uh, dimension, how to actually strengthen this capacity of the European budget to generate a job-rich recovery? Yeah,
1: absolutely. And also, actually, as for the MFF, we are asking, for instance, that the extraordinarily outstanding historic programs of the EU, for instance, I think, Horizon for the research and innovation, and talking about the Erasmus for the mobility and training of the students won't be cut because mm-hmm. we cannot absolutely... Uh, you know, reduce the financial resources, uh, which, uh, in, in a way or the other, are connected to the training and skills and qualifications, especially of young people. Uh, I'm very much, uh, you know, interested, and uh, I'm, I have also in the past worked a lot about the problem of uh, uh, human capital, because we absolutely need uh, qualified and uh, to work on. Uh, professional training uh, on, uh, you know, long life learning uh, in order to strengthen the the, the capacities and the the qualities uh, uh, of the workers, especially the younger ones, but also of the the over 50s, uh, for instance. And in our committee, I think that uh, this is really an utmost priority in the agenda. The very last thing, just to mention an example, is, uh, uh, you know, the strengthening of the youth guarantee which is a program uh, uh, you know, targeting on the younger generations. And, and now we are also talking about uh, you know, the minimum wage, uh, which could be a way to uh, give a decent kind of salary to uh, workers, which for instance, the, the youngest generation are uh, sometimes very much qualified and skilled, and they have to have a decent uh, salary in, in return.
0: Well, thank you very much. Uh, thank you. It's a broad uh, panorama of uh, very important budgetary issues, but all the issues of uh, the European recovery, um, which we received from you uh, today. Um, to to close our um, uh, conversation, I would like to quote the title of uh, the article you signed last year together with two of your colleagues, either Gardia Zabal and Margarita Marges. This title was: We will not accept anything less than an MFF that works for the people. I would like to wish you good luck uh, to you. do this because it requires a great effort. But, <laughs> uh, we understand that you are absolutely focused on this, and hopefully, uh, this MFF together with the next generation will be approved soon in the coming months, and uh, we'll have a job-rich recovery and very important initiatives like the use guarantee will be more successful in italy this time around than um, on the previous attempt
1: okay yes absolutely i do agree with you and uh, let's hope that everything will go in the right way but i'm quite optimistic about that okay thank
0: you so much thank you
1: so much Bye. Bye
0: bye thank you for your attention If you found our conversation interesting, do not hesitate to share it on social media with the hashtag Febztalks. More is yet to come. Stay tuned!